Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, the monthly podcast series brought to you by the team that produced the Global Cosmetics Newsfeed. 2022's theme is Future Proof. This month's topic is Microbiome Beauty, and I'm your host, Siobhan Murphy. The human microbiome is inherited from mother to baby at birth and is the genetic material of all the microbes, bacterial, fungi, and virus that live on and inside the human body. It helps digest our food, regulate our immune system, protect us against other bacteria that causes diseases and produces vitamins. Is it correct that the microbiome beauty movement has been marketed as a product category? Or would it be more accurate to market as a formula requirement? To help me answer these questions and more, it is my pleasure to introduce this month's panel. Hello and welcome to Dr. Grace Park, VP of R&D at Hello Biome. A warm welcome to Dr. Jean-Marie Ratif, human rights consultant and author of the Figgy Lifestyle blog. And a warm welcome back to Dr. Jeff Briggs, technical scout, beauty incubator at the Number 7 Beauty Company. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us here. Okay, Grace, let's start with you. What are the current social drivers, Hello Biome, are tracking that are influencing the future-proofing of the microbiome beauty category? Um, So some of the social drivers that we've seen um, is that consumers are becoming more and more aware of the microbiome. And um, there has been a lot of education um, around the skin and the microbiome. And more and more people, one in two people, are interested Um, in looking into a product and seeing if it's microbiome certified or if it has any relation to the microbiome. Um, So we've um, realized that. And also um, another social driver is that more and more people want personalized experiences, such as getting recommendations for their specific skin profile or skin type, and also um, on the microbiome. And for you, Jean-Marie? Yeah, so for me, from my other life, I deal a lot with human behavior. Um, and for me, the social drivers on consumer trends come down to two things. First is perception and second is behavior of the consumer, which are the most difficult things to navigate and change. And the perceptions that we have at the moment are, you know, although it is changing, many people still think, oh my gosh, dirty is bad. Dirty means I'm going to have breakouts and acne. I need to keep my skin clean. We've had COVID. Everybody's scared of viruses and having bacteria and dirt on their hands. And then obviously behavior, consumers jumping from the one new it thing to the next. And skin microbiome is definitely a big, big buzzword. So for me, those are the social drivers that we have to look at, consumer perception and behavior. And then understanding how that looks so that we are able to future-proof it with proactive education, communication, and laying a really good foundation of what skin microbiome beauty is and definitely is not. So how are we doing on the education front, Jeff? I don't... It is difficult to say. I think the consumer is considering everything about themselves, their beauty, their health, much more holistically now. And obviously the microbiome is a big part of that. And so they are becoming aware of it. But one of the issues, of course, is that 
you know, the education is fine, but we don't actually know what to tell them yet. We can tell them some things, we know where it is important, but the proof and the evidence to back this up is difficult to find still because it is not an easy area to work with, especially if you're moving into the beauty space. Now, in the healthcare space, it is a lot easier because that's where the research money has gone in. That's where we have the evidence to support it. This is where we have the clear stories to tell. And also, this is where the consumers, you know, the, the public see the benefit rapidly. But when you're talking beauty, when you're talking wrinkles, when you're talking, you know, dryness or, or things, it's difficult to say. We can't tell them, so we can't actually educate them because we don't know the answers ourselves yet. Indeed. So talking about answers, Grace, what are the current digital drivers Hello Biome are tracking that are assisting the future-proofing of the microbiome beauty category? Um, yes, so to spin off on what um, Jeff said, I agree that there is still a lot of research that is needed in the skin microbiome field. Um, we still don't know what are the definite factors that are causing certain skin issues. And for HelloBiome, that's why we are focusing on collecting a lot of data and interpreting um, the data within our platform and clustering them into specific um, skin issues and skin profiles to see which bacteria are actively present or absent um, within certain skin conditions. And hopefully we are hoping to find some answers within that field. And you're using AI to do this? Yes, we are using our AI platform to do this. And for you, Jean-Marie, what are the digital drivers uh, you see future-proofing the microbiome beauty category? Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you asked this question specifically stating that it's not meant uh, to talk about social media because I'm, I'm a small skincare brand owner and I even advocate that you should not always listen to social media influencing in terms of skincare. So for me, the digital drivers in the skin microbiome is all of these wonderfully qualified medical estheticians and cosmetic dermatologists that are setting up these virtual consult consultancies with great AI tools to be able to give personalized skincare advice for your unique skincare experience. And as um, my fellow panelists have said, the skin microbiome is really complex. It's difficult to, there's so much that we don't know. What is good bacteria? What is bad? How much of the good? How much of the bad? Where on what parts of the skin are different parts of bacteria? So if you're getting into that kind of conversation, it's really best to see somebody that understands that a lot more than a influencer or a consumer to give you that type of advice and to say, look, if you're looking for skincare that is safe for your skin microbiome, this is what we know and don't know at the moment. And as a professional cosmetic dermatologist or medical esthetician, I can give you this advice for your unique skincare. So that digital driver, that virtual consultation space and the AI of assessing and skin analysis for your type of skin, I think is really a very positive and promising thing in terms of especially this very difficult conversation around the skin microbiome. So Jeff, you were saying um, it's very hard to find research for beauty and the microbiome. So at number seven, what digital tools are you using to help with the education and the research? So we are, we are including the things we have launched a couple of products in the, in the 
skin microbiome range. But it's all down to, I know it's going to be one of the topics you talk about later, but it's all down to the regulations and what we can say about them. And so it is very, very difficult to, to do that, to make claims, to do the education if we don't have the evidence to support it. And unfortunately, with the size of the company that we are, we have to be so much more careful about what we say and about getting it right. So are we putting stuff out on the, the digital media? Yes, we are. Do we do education? Yes, we do. Most of our digital meet, digital work in this space is actually the training of our advisors in store so they can talk about it on a one-to-one -one basis. So we are training the, the advisors in a digital manner such that they can then talk to people in store about it as a not maybe an expert, but somebody at least who has a, a good working knowledge of the area. And in terms of research, are you using any digital tools to help with the research? So the research that we're doing is primarily done at other universities. We've got a, a piece of work done at Manchester University that we are looking at. And obviously they are using digital tools in, in this space. And we're doing some work over in Singapore, which again is looking at this sort of area the the microbiome space so digital is is got to be involved in this because you are dealing with huge amounts of data and the only way you can work in the microbiome is on that huge amount of data the stuff that we initially looked at the you know the, the 16s sequencing the stuff of just identify have you got staphylococcus have you got cutibacterium have you got pseudomonas is not good enough because the evidence coming out is saying that you not know you don't only need to know the genus you need to know the species you need to know the subtype cutibacterium is related to acne but it depends whether you've got a type 1 or a type 2 or a type 3 or a type 4 you have to do have the data to that level of specificity and that is only something you can do on a digital basis no no person is capable of, of analyzing the data to this sort of this degree of of complexity mm, interesting so grace what are the environmental drivers hello biome are tracking that are implementing the future proofing of microbiome beauty category um so there are a lot of environmental drivers that actually impact the microbiome whether um it's the, the routine that they're doing or the weather of the country that they're living in um, or their lifestyle habits, their diet. So we actually look into all of those environmental drivers and try to um, put that metadata within our AI platform to actually give um, more concise um, co correlation to the microbiome. And talking about natural resources, we, we also plan to look into um, prebiotics or probiotics or postbiotics, um, which are um, food for the bacteria or the bacteria itself or the metabolite of the bacteria that would benefit the skin. Um, so to look into how those specific ingredients could um, benefit the microbiome. But right now, our current approach is um, we're looking into less is more. So we're trying to take out the ingredients and factors that um, harm the microbiome and try to um, make our products more microbiome friendly. Mm, less is more, Jean-Marie. Are you an advocate for that? Oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, and definitely it's, it, it's the biggest issue I think, or the biggest challenge or obstacle is the environmental drivers, because as Grace just said, everybody's situation is different. Everybody is impacted by different environmental things. It depends on your, where you live, your temperature, the weather, what you're exposed to, um, even, you know, <laughs> the skin microbiome is unique from the moment you are born, whether uh, how you were born, were you breastfed, not breastfed, who, who are you in contact with, what do you eat, what do you consume every day? So all of those things need to be taken into account, again, bringing it to the point that it's really a complex thing. And there are many factors to consider. So I completely agree with her and definitely, <laughs> yeah, less is more. And at number seven beauty company, Jeff? The situation is, of course, that the way we're looking at it, or one of the areas that we're looking at is the, the skin microbiome responds to the environment itself. So you're talking about environmental drivers. One of the things that you can do is you can use the microbiome as almost a, a diagnostic to say how good your skin is, how your skin is responding to the environment. What is it exposed to? And make use of it, perhaps. There are companies out there who are starting to use this to actually create antioxidants to deal with pollution, who are using it to create retinoids on the skin, who are using it to work for us as an anti-environment, anti-exposome tool. So it is something that we can work on. We can use it in an environmental space and use it to both determine what the environment is and a measure of what your environment is and what you're exposed to. But it is something that we are looking at primarily as a diagnostic because that space is, is a lot clearer as a method for determining how good your skin is, what is it exposed to, how does it respond. And in terms of the ingredients used in a microbiome product, what environmental impact do they have, Jeff? So everything that we do, the understanding is now coming to the space that we know that everything we put on our skin is going to have an effect on the microbiome. And this is, it is a relatively new understanding. The work that people are doing in the, the microbiome friendly space, we know that everything you do, even water will have a temporary effect on your microbiome. So, you know, the actives, everything that we do, we've got to have that, that what does it do into the microbiome? And also what is the microbiome doing to it as a, as a level in addition to what we have been doing previously. Now, obviously, when you've been doing things like efficacy testing, this has always been in there. You put the product on, you see how the skin responds. You do the testing, you see what's, what's there. So this has always been an invisible layer, but the concentration that gets into the skin may not necessarily be what we put on it. The, the microbiome is having an effect on it, and it could be a positive, can be negative. So there is that side of things that everything we do could be a prebiotic, could be a probiotic, could be something, could be an antibiotic. We don't necessarily know, and we are looking at that space. And there are the things, obviously, that we are working. We talk, um, Grace talked about pre and pro and postbiotics. One of the best or easiest uh, prebiotics out there is glycerin. Glycerin is something we've been putting into our products for, for years and so I think some recent work that Unilever have done have shown that glycerin actually is a very, very useful 
prebiotic and is used by the skin bacteria to make lactic acid, which is good for your skin. So we can go for those targeted products that are out there, but everything that we do could be a prebiotic or could be an antibiotic. We don't know yet. And it just changes the way that you have to formulate and changes the way you have to think about things. So, Grace, going back to my original question, are we marketing the movement incorrectly by using it as a category or should it be about the regulations? Um, well, for right now, currently, there aren't exact microbiome regulations, but we do have um, some sort of um, background research that has been done in this field where usually companies that make medical claims are usually not allowed by the FDA. Um, so the claims that we make through the microbiome beauty category, um, regulation-wise, it needs to be really careful since, as um, Jeff said, the microbiome field is still very in, in its early stage. And there needs to be a lot of backup data in order to make certain health claims. So I think a lot of the claims around microbiome is usually more related to wellness claims. And um, for to, in order to make like health claims or drug claims, we need to have the same um, uh, strict regulation to follow in order to um, claim that this probiotic has an anti-aging effect or I mean anti-wrinkle effect or um, this probiotic ha um, is good for eczema. Um, if we want to have like those health and medical claims, it's really important that we have the backup data. And I think we're still in a phase where um, these research are being done, but not necessarily up to a level where we could make that claim. Um, but hopefully in the future we could. And I think the microbiome in itself um, is a total paradigm shift. Um, so before, we didn't know that there were bacteria and fungi in our skin. Um, but now that we do, um, we have to consider the microbiome in building any sort of product. Um, so from the future, I think it's something that we always have to consider from now on as it's part of our skin ecosystem. And if it is a paradigm shift, Jean-Marie, what regulations need to be inputted into the industry? Yeah, you know, at the moment, there is a really large gray area in terms of the regulations. Um, the International Corporation on Cosmetics Regulation uh, brought together a working group in 2020 to discuss what regulations need to be put in place for, for the skin microbiome in relation to cosmetics. And they reconvened and in June of this year actually decided to create a new working group because they still haven't gotten to, to satisfactory answers. There is still a lack of, of clarity. And this is one of the issues for me with, with regulations in almost all beauty categories is that cosmetic regulations tend to be very reactive instead of proactive. So it comes after the fact. And the first challenge here is the fact that when we look at regulations, your number one starting point is a definition. And this is the biggest challenge the working group is having at the moment. There is no definition for how do we define in terms of cosmetics, probiotics, prebiotics, postbiotics, the microbiome, the skin microbiome. Um, you know, 
there are working definitions that they agree to for these things, but it's not legally binding. It's not a legal regulation. It's just a working definition for them to work off in their process of figuring out what would the regulations look like for the skin microbiome. And the two things that they are struggling with the most is one, the vocabulary that is missing, and two, the technical issues, because the current microbiological limits that are set for the testing of cosmetics products are all based on uh, uh, microorganisms unintentionally introduced into your cosmetics products, where with the skin microbiome, it's intentionally introduced. So how would you set those limits? How would you define it? what would the vocabulary be knowing the vocabulary what are you then able to say as a cosmetic because there are very certain claims that you are able and not able to make as a cosmetics product so this influences the skin microbiome progress a lot because it creates gray areas which ultimately lead to a lot of mistakes and a lot of really difficult things that come out of there and also regulations take time. So how long will it take for us to know what is the skin microbiome in terms of cosmetics? How do we market it? How do we use it? What's safe? What isn't? And what are the regulations, Jeff, number seven beauty company would like to see put in place? So I think regulations is an area that I have had some experience in and it is, it is complex. We have inherited most of the regulations from the gut microbiome space and they've been transferred and as Jean-Marie said it is to do with definitions and the definition that of a probiotic for example is a product that the live bacterium that's when administered in enough amount provides a health benefit well just the fact that you're providing a health benefit moves it out of cosmetic space you are then into medicinal space which is no good for most beauty products so even the definition of a probiotic can never currently apply to a skin beauty product not a skin care product but a skin beauty product if we follow the regulations as laid down and obviously the regulations as laid down are not designed for for skin they're designed for the gut so where do we work in this we can do microbiome friendly as a, as a claim. And we have been working on this and there are lots of companies out there that are working the microbiome, defining what a microbiome friendly is. Your problem with, as soon as you define something as microbiome friendly, you are automatically describing other products as microbiome unfriendly. And so if you haven't got the microbiome friendly, you're saying your product is microbiome unfriendly, but we don't know what microbiome unfriendly is either. We don't even know what microbiome friendly is because is microbiome friendly something which is which doesn't affect the microbiome at all, or does it promote the microbiome? And if you're promoting the microbiome, do we know how to promote it, which is right for everyone? And it's possible that a microbiome friendly product for one is actually microbiome unfriendly for another. So the regulatory space is difficult. Um, so as a, as a general rule, is a healthy microbiome definable? Yes, it is. As a general rule, is a healthy microbiome a marker of healthy skin? Yes, it is. That is about as far as we can definitely say 
you then as soon as you get into regulations beyond that it becomes complicated the getting the getting live bacteria so getting actual real probiotics into cosmetic products is not an unsurmountable space there are companies out there are doing this obviously there has been some court cases about people calling themselves probiotic technology and obviously they don't contain live bacteria and so therefore they there's a problem here but we are dealing with that we can deal with that and we can put live bacteria in but the question is what do you do with it afterwards there is the challenge test there is saying you know because obviously a live uh, a, a cosmetic product you have to prove that it doesn't have any live bacteria in. but if your idea is to have the live bacteria in how do you get around that the other biggest problem is the short short shelf life and when you're doing the regulatory space, you expect it to have a shelf life of one year, two years. And if you've got a live live bacteria in there, you may be down as three months. And so this is another regulatory issue that we have to get over is the stability. It is the challenge test. It is the definitions. And is personalised beauty the key to this? Would that make it better instead of mass producing a product? Personalised beauty mass is is a is a key to the whole beauty space at the moment at the moment this is this is the way that we have got to go we've got to start treating people as individuals and this is becoming more and more obvious as we find out everybody does have a different skin microbiome everybody does have a different diet everybody does have a different exposure everybody has different genetics we have to start treating people as individuals anyway and obviously the microbiome is one of those things that we have to include in this. As I said, it could be that you know, there is not a clear definition of what a good microbiome is for, for you. And so we have to know, if we're looking at the microbiome space in this, we have to know what is good for you and how to deal with it and how to approach it. And personalised products, does that mean bespoke? It doesn't have to mean bespoke. It can mean curated, but it means we have to be able to identify what products are best suited for you and your microbiome and what products aren't best suited for your microbiome and you. And it's almost the, the level of trust that comes from the consumer if you say, don't use this product, this is not right for you. is actually higher than say, use this product, this is right for you. So personalised does not mean bespoke, but it does mean there has to be that that, that level of, of support evidential support to say this is the right one for you and looking ahead grace what will the microbiome beauty category look like in 12 months time um yes so building off of what Jeff said um i think more and more we're we're going towards hyper personalization especially within the microbiome field um as Genetically, you know, all of us are 99.9% the same, but our microbiome can be up to 100% different um, from person to person. And I think because there is that much variation in um, between one person to another, that it's really hard to detect what a balanced or healthy microbiome is because a balanced and healthy microbiome may appear differently in different people. So it's easier actually to track an unbalanced microbiome, which is causing a problem due to a certain pathogen. Um, so I think defining a healthy and balanced microbiome is one of the challenges that um, we face both in the gut and skin microbiome space. Um, but um, 
hopefully more and more data will bring more clarity, but definitely I think the um, beauty category is moving into a much more hyper-personalized space in which we need more and more data to look into each individual's microbiome profile, skin profile, and give a more personalized recommendation in which um, HelloBiome is providing through also the AI platform and also trying to help other industry become more microbiome conscious. And I feel like there will be more and more products that are microbiome friendly certified as more and more people become aware of the microbiome on their skin. So definition or personalization, Jean-Marie, what are your predictions for the category over the next 12 months? Honestly, I, I don't mean to be negative, but my honest answer is I don't know because there are too many things that are uncertain. It, we're on the precipice of something amazing, a revolution for skincare, really. And it, it skincare is moving towards personalization, and it should. But there are so many unanswered questions about the skin microbiome. So for me, it will depend on what is the new research showing us over the next 12 uh, months and what are the regulations saying because at the moment we don't know a lot what can we say what can't we say what will be okay considering uh, it's a cosmetic product uh, and not a medical or therapeutic product so what kind of claims can we make to consumers uh, um, these are all super important things that are going to have a big impact on what it looks like in 12 months so it's really difficult to predict because there are just for me personally, too many variables at the moment to give a, a clear answer to that. There, there are things that we need to wait for and see, and, and then we should take it from there and move through the process wisely, accurately, and proactively. Do you think the beauty industry is marketing too soon this category? Should it hold back and wait for the definitions? Honestly, yes, I do, because We've all seen it happen in the beauty industry over the past couple of years. Things are marketed in a certain way. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon and then a year or two down the, the line, we have the regulation saying, listen, you can't say that. A prime example of that is cruelty-free in the EU. You can't say cruelty-free on your products because you're creating the perception that other products are not cruelty-free and it's law. It You cannot test on animals in the EU. So... It, it may be too soon. We have to know exactly what we are able to say so that we do not, uh, so that we're not unfair towards our consumers and that we give them the right type of education, but also to be able to share, to, to be able to ensure that their products they bring to the market in terms of the microbiome space are sustainable. Um, and as you, as your podcast title rightly says, future proof uh, that, but that's my personal opinion. And Jeff, you've been in this space for quite a while. Are we too soon with the marketing? Should we hold back, wait for the research, or should it be a combination of both? I think there has to be that, that slow drip, that slow increase in understanding in the general population that the skin microbiome is there and it is important. And I think this is happening. And as far as you know, products are out there, can we make claims in this space? Yes, we can. We we don't necessarily have to include the microbiome in those claims, but we can put prebiotics in the product. We can put probiotics. We can put postbiotics in a product, 
And if the consumer, when they look in a mirror, says, my skin looks better, I've got fewer wrinkles, my skin feels more hydrated, then that's a benefit. And then we can try and tie it back to having an individual product in there. And that is fine. I think you can almost separate the pre-pro post biotic side of things from the skin microbiome side of things. If we can put postbiotic lysates in and we get a benefit and that's that's clear. We know that we have those and we just treat them in exactly the same way as we do plant extracts and, and anything else in there. So there's going to be more and more of these postbiotic lysates, these these bacterial lysates, bacterial derived products in our in our products because they are they work and we can prove they work because the standard technologies that we've been using for you know, hundreds of years to prove products work is still there do i when i look in the mirror do i look better yes i do therefore the product's working the biggest bit is going to be proving that having an effect on the skin microbiome and mediates a skin improvement and that is going to be the, the most difficult one and we still can't do that because you, the problem is there, they're so intricately linked. If you improve the skin microbiome, do you improve the skin? Or is it improving the skin that improves the skin microbiome? Which comes first? How do you work through it? And that is a bit that needs the research. And this is the bit we have to be very, very careful about because we can't say at the moment. And, and if we did try and make a claim in this space, we don't have the evidence to support it. And that's, that's where we are at the moment. So talk about the skin microbiome. Yes, having skin microbiome as a biomarker, a marker to say, as a, a diagnostic, how good is your skin? Yes. Having those bacterially derived products in your, or ingredients in your products and getting a skin benefit? Yes. Actually saying we're in, improving your skin microbiome and therefore you're getting better skin. It's somewhere we're not yet, there yet and we can't be there yet. And I'm not sure whether we'll get there in the next year. It may be three years, five years in there. We know that the big companies are, are working in this space. If um, IFCC conference just came through and L'Oreal presented about the skin microbiome being the future of, of beauty and Unilever presented about the skin microbiome being the future of beauty. And we obviously before this, this conversation, we we're discussing about the latest update in the news for Shiseido and the fact that they are, are moving into this space. So everybody will be involved in this in the future but are we ready to, to make those huge claims yet? No, we're not. And with that, I would like to thank my guests, Grace, Jean-Marie and Jeff for joining me today and to you for listening. 